So good morning. I do have a couple of jokes, but it gets hard when you start to do more messages because then you run out of jokes. Um, so please forgive me if I've already shared any of these. So someone just posted that they had just baked some synonym buns. I said, you mean like the ones that grandma used to make? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nancy, can you hear me okay? You want to try to come up to the front there? Be a little closer to the speaker? Jesse, can you hear me okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. So if you, if you know that you might have a hard time hearing the message, I encourage you to come up front first before I have to call you out. <laughs> so my grandson was visiting one day and he asked, Grandma, do you know how you and God are alike? So I started to mentally polish my little halo. And I said, no, how are we alike? You're both old, he said. <laughs> a second grader came home from school and said to his, her grandmother, Grandma, guess what? We learned how to make babies today. The grandmother, more than a little surprised, tried to keep her cool. That's interesting, she said. How do you make babies? It's simple, replied the girl. You just change Y to I and add ES. <laughs> okay, good. Last time I didn't get any laughs, hardly at all. So this must, must have been better jokes. So the last time I spoke, I said that God changed it up on me. I think I'm, I'm actually... I guess we're okay. That must have been a truck or something going by. Um... I said that God changed it up on me and we actually spoke on peace. And now I'm going to give the message that I was going to give two weeks ago. And it's actually more on vision. At the very end, please stick around. We're going to pull up a team of individuals that had a vision and we're going to pray over them, okay? So I have to figure out how to start this. I think I actually want to go to totally off my notes. I'm going to go to Matthew 14:22. The funny thing about vision, getting a dream, um, having a passion in your heart, is it's wonderful when it's here, it's wonderful when it's in your eyes, in your mind, in your imagination, but if you don't actually do anything with it, then it's useless, right? It's like a seed that lies fallow in the ground and it never sprouts. So Jesus is on the water. Peter in the boat, 1422. I'm almost there. I should have marked all of these and it would have been a lot faster. You're probably already there. So immediately Jesus, 22, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. 
Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. How many of you know that the wind and circumstances can get contrary? Yeah. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And I'm going to actually just stop right there. First of all, the disciples saw. They saw Jesus walking on the water. They had a picture. They had a vision. They had something in their eyes. Next, Peter said, Jesus, what did he say? If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I have a passion in my heart. I want to walk on the water too. If it's really you, ask me to come. So Jesus said, come. So they had the picture, they saw Jesus, then they had um, the passion stirred in their own heart, Peter did, to actually do the same thing, and so he stepped out. Jesus said, come, he stepped out in obedience, and he actually stood on the water. I'm going to ask you, and I want you through this whole message to be thinking about what it is that the Lord has given you What's the picture that you've had? What's the hope that you've had in your heart? What is a dream that you've longed for? What is a burden that you've prayed for? It's something that the Lord has given you, and you know it is. So I'm going to share a little bit of a testimony um, just go a little bit through my life a little bit. Well, we were at New Song so many years ago. There was one time where I found this heavy burden. And, you know, sometimes when you're just praying, all you can do is just cry out and just ask the Lord for, you know, the cry that's in your heart, the burden that's on your heart. And I don't even know if I knew what the words were going to be when they came out of my mouth, but I'm standing and then I'm overwhelmed and bent over at the back of the sanctuary behind all the other chairs and I'm crying out to the Lord, Lord, make us an effective people. So that was one burden that I had. Then um, maybe I'll go more recently. I mean, I've, we've had, Charlie and I have had, and I'm sure some of you have had, many of you have had, all of you have had, Prophetic words prayed over you. How many have had a prophetic word paid, prayed over you? Okay. You've hung on to it. How many of you had the prophetic word prayed to you more than one time? Okay. So Charlie and I have had the same thing. We've had these prophetic words prayed over us, and some of them I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I don't ever see that happening. Some of them it'll start to stir in my heart. And... The ones that stir in my heart are the ones that keep, the Lord keeps bringing back to my mind. And it's amazing how, I don't know, it's, it's got to be the same for you too, it's amazing how 
you go through your seasons in life and he'll bring back that word and it'll connect to another word or it'll connect to the circumstances that you're in. And it's like, oh, this is just like that word. Anybody? Can you remember that? You have those? So let me see. Make us an effective people. This is connected to that burden that I had back then, which has never really gone away. So I was driving down, and some of you know this one, I was driving down Sandy. I have a few hats that I wear here in this building and a few hats that I wear when I'm not in the building. And one of them is that I'm a caregiver for a, a gal. I'm more of a, um, help me, what is that called? I'm an assistant. I help her because she has a hard time functioning and moving forward and getting things accomplished. So I do whatever it needs to be done. And I'm on my way to here from there. And it's a personal assistant, thank you. I thought I heard somebody say that. <laughs> personal assistant, I'm on my way here to do some more personal assisting. <laughs> um, and I'm looking, and this is just this last year, I'm looking at all those buildings on Sandy that are closed with graffiti. And their businesses that have been shuttered, maybe permanently. And my heart is, it still just grieves to see it, those businesses shuttered. There's, it's not just about the businesses, it's about the people that had dreams that ran them. It's about the people in the neighborhood that would go to them, the coffee shops that are no longer open. Um, and my heart is just grieved and I'm just, God, I just, these, these buildings, they need to be filled. They need to be filled with people and managers and owners that are God-fearing moral people that are just speaking life to every person that they meet that comes in to use them or to buy from them. And I heard the Lord say, ask me. So I turned it into a prayer. God, oh, I just speak and I declare over these buildings that they will not be fallow any longer. They will be filled with life. They will be filled with life. They'll be filled with believers. They will be filled with people who have a light in their heart and can speak life to others that come in, that it'll cause the community to grow even better than it was before. So I'm speaking that. That's a dream that the Lord put in my heart right at that moment. There was another time just this last year while we were praying, there's a few of us that gather online and sometimes in person to pray, and we were praying upstairs, and... Uh, I've, I've had this, um, it's going to make me cry. I'm saddened, grieved by the reputation that the church has in this world and by my hunger to see lives impacted with joy and with life. And if we just stay in these four walls, we're not going to have that impact on people. And I'm not just talking about abiding place, but most people are not going to just, oh, look, there's a church, let me go. <laughs> Sunday morning service, oh, look, it's 10 o'clock, I need to be there. There's been times in our history where that has happened, where people would go to a church and they would go pray at 12 o'clock every day. That's not the season that we're in right now. 
So I'm like, God, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to change either us or change, have an influence and an impact on the community that you've put this church in? In this area of Park Rose, how can we have an impact if we can't get anybody to come? And I saw this picture. I saw myself, first of all, sitting on this front porch outside. And then I saw the glory of God come. And it went sweeping from this building all the way west until it hit the river, the Willamette River. And every place that it impacted, it was light. It was bringing life. Yeah. So we say, glory of God, come. But I ask you, how does the glory come? By us speaking it out from right here? Or do we need to take the glory with us? Yeah. So the church is in a new season. That doesn't mean that it's not fun and wonderful and let's all gather together and experience God's presence in this place. Let's, as iron sharpens iron, learn from one another and let's pray together. All of those things are still important. But that, I really believe, and I, in fact, I just know that God's taking the church outside the four walls. Yay, yay. <laughs> All of those that I'm sharing with you are visions. A vision is something that you can see, that you can pray, and you have this sanctified imagination that comes up and it's like, wow, that's really cool. You can write it down in your journal. You can put it away and not think about it again. Or you can go, wow, God, are you in that? That looks way beyond me. I don't know if I could ever do that. Well, you probably can't. But you and he can't. And you and I can, because we're all co-laborers, right? And we're also yoked with Jesus. So we go out and we do it together. I think I'm way, way, way off track. I don't even know if half of the things that I said are in here. Let me look through really quick. Talk amongst yourselves. Hmm. I do want to talk a little bit about... Um, Thank you, you did good. I heard the talking. I do want to talk a little bit about what, uh, uh, what ways a vision or a dream can come. Um, but maybe I'll even ask you. So if you have something that you think is from the Lord, what way did it come to you? Just go ahead and tell me from the floor and I'll speak it out from here. Yes, Linda. Wow. Yeah, okay, I'm going to repeat that. So Linda said that um, she actually had a vision of a map of Japan, and she began uh, weeping over the map as she's looking at this map, and she began to have a burden, and so she went to her pastor, and your pastor was the one that told you that you have a burden for Japan. And so she went to Japan as a missionary in, with YWAM, correct? Yeah. Okay, somebody else? The still small voice. Yeah. Okay. And how did that work out for you, Charlie? What did that look like? So the still small voice for Charlie was be faithful in every opportunity. 
and then I'll give you more, okay? I know there's more. Yes, Robin, you get dreams, okay? What do you do with the dreams? Okay. Do you have a specific one? You, you get dreams and you write them down and you put them in your journal. And what do you do with them once you pray over them? What was the last part? You've seen some of the dreams come to fruition as you've continued to pray over them. Okay. And Marilyn? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Marilyn said she began to have a burden and a passion for um, what is now turned into the healing rooms. But it was a healing ministry originally, and so the Lord began to give you more and more, and as you stepped out in obedience, then he would open up more. Is that right? Yeah. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Everything that, you're t that you are sharing with me is that you get a dream, you get a vision, you get a quiet, still voice. If it just stays in your journal and you don't ever do anything with it, if it just stays a, oh, that was really nice. I must be, I've got the warm fuzzies. Look, my, I've got the hairs are all lifting on my arm. And you don't ever do anything with it. Then it's like the seed that falls to the ground and the bird comes and snatches it up before it's ever had a chance to be watered and to come to life. Um, so that's, we talked a little bit about what a vision could look like or a burden could look like, and then uh, I, I wanted to be able to share a little bit more about faith. So we talked a couple weeks ago about peace. Peace is in our account, right? We also know we all have a measure of faith. Some people have a gift of faith, and they are just amazing. I'm amazing too, so that's okay. No comparison, but they're amazing. So they have gigantic, huge faith, but we all have some faith. It's in our account, right? So we get this picture, we get this vision, we get this word, this quiet, still voice, this dream, and we've got faith in our account. How do we activate the faith? Because the two have to work together, right? So one of the things that Marilyn had mentioned is that she started to pray over it. Lord, I can't see myself doing it, so you've got to get me, give me the next steps. Um, it's not in my notes, but it, you also, um, Linda, you talked about you went to your pastor. What do I do with this? I've, I've had a number of pictures, and I'm like, who do I go to? What do I do? Um, Miko may not like this, but I'm going to tell you, go to Miko. He's wonderful. He's got incredible strategy. He's got a very strong prophetic mantle. So you get together with Miko, and he'll begin to give you, well, I hear the Lord say this, or, well, you know, you could try this first step or that next step. So um, get with somebody. Share them with them the vision, the passion that's in your heart. There's a number of, uh, it's really a strong calling on my own heart, actually, is to help other people step into their callings. So that's one of the reasons why it's so important for me to give this message. I know a number of ladies that have a strong call on their heart to help with sex trafficking and domestic abuse situations. 
I know a number of ladies that have wanted to actually um, purchase homes or work in a home where people that are ladies, especially that are dealing with domestic abuse or with sexual trafficking, they have a place to go to heal, to be restored. If you all could get together, we could just do some amazing things. One of the, the dreams that's in my heart, and I'm seeking the Lord for the strategy, I'm like, I don't have the faintest idea how to do this. I'm hungering for the neighborhood to be peppered with all of these mom-and-pop cafes and coffee shops where the neighbors can all go and gather and meet, and they're run by believers who are speaking life and praying for people that want to be prayed for. They're not going to come to the church. Take the church to them. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's, it's just building and building. It doesn't really go away. I'm really not speaking something that you don't all know. I'm just reminding you. I'm reminding me. The other thing I want to... Um, share about having a vision and having a passion is you can really get weary in the well-doing, can't you? Um, there's circumstances in life that can take us sideways. You really want to push through and you want to see this thing come to pass, but you still have to provide a living for yourself. There, I mean, there's just things that can get in the way. Um, and Charlie and I spend a little bit of time, we, we try to do communion almost every single morning, which has been wonderful for not just our marriage, but for our kids. And um, The other thing that he will do with me is he'll share Oswald Chambers, uh, my utmost for his highest readings that have really inspired him. And uh, there was, I'm going to check and see which one it is. I've got three of them in my notes, so I don't know which one I wanted to do. Uh, Um, in, uh, on the April 25th, I'm going to read that one. And I, I know that Charlie's already shared this one with you, and I'm not going to share the whole thing. But on April 25th, Oswald Chambers says, Many of us suffer from the unbalanced tendency to be ready only out of season. The season does not refer to time, it refers to us. This verse says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. In other words, we should be ready whether we feel like it or not. If we do only what we feel inclined to do, some of us would never do anything. There are some people who are totally unemployable in the spiritual realm. Do you know what that means? The Lord can't give you something to do. And I'm not speaking at you. I'm speaking about people in general. Believers, you can't give them something to do because they're not employable. There's like, oh, well, that's not, that's not me and that's not my calling or that's not my gifting or... Um, I'm not an evangelist, so this person that's standing right in front of me that's crying out for somebody to pray for him, I, that's not me, I can't do it. Instant in season and out of season, whether you feel like it or not. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, they are spiritually feeble and weak, and they refuse to do anything unless they are supernaturally inspired. The proof that our relationship is right with God is that we do our best whether we feel inspired or not. So... Um, there's been a call on our hearts here to do the pantry. And I, let me tell you, it's not easy to do, especially when you only get three people. 
you do all the setup, and you got the prayer tent out there, and you've got all the food out here, and what if the one person that needed prayer that day came for the food, and we were going to discontinue it because only three people showed up? Where else would they have gone? So be, insta be in season, instant in season and out of season, Re whether you feel like it or not. If that person is right in front of you right now and you're the person on the job, whether you think you can pray for that thing or not, whether you think you have the authority, whether you think um, you have a healing ministry, um, it's for you. They're your, they're your appointment right at that moment. Yeah. And you have everything you need because you have Jesus. And Jesus is the one that gives us the power and the authority and the healing power and the prophetic anointing for that one word that that person needs to hear. I absolutely love the stories that come back from people that are going out on the street. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Gloria. They went out this last week. I say thank you, but I know Jesus says thank you more. And I know it just blesses your heart so much to actually have people that will want to receive prayer. Um, there's one gal, now we've actually gone by her house now four times. The first time we prayed for the gal and her, her friend, okay. And uh, I thought we were going to see him in church on Sunday, but we didn't, and that's okay. And then we've gone back two other times and we never see her. And then Gloria and Linda went by just one more time. I've, just, I've got to see a burden for that gal. And whether we ever see that person in church or not, they got ministered to, they got encouraged, they received hope. There's a lady that lives down the street. She's got three boys living in the home. One of the boys tried to commit suicide, jumped off a bridge. He's had multiple surgeries. He's flat on his back. His mom is having to clean him. He's having to let his mom clean him. And how many times have we been back there to pray, to give? Can you go get me some eggs? And it, at times it feels hopeless, but this next time that we pray may be the breakthrough that she really needs. So, um, this is kind of a quick message. Let me see. There was... Let me see if there's one more thing and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. I'm not sure if your thing is going to fit. Okay. Oh, I want to talk about some dreams that we've had in here. So, um, the healing rooms. Um, Robin and Gail had a dream. And they had a dream of making quilts and praying over the quilts and giving them to patients of hospitals and patients recovering at home that were dealing with cancer. Praying over them, having other people pray over healing for them. Oh, got to stay in the camera. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I don't want to be chained. Yeah. So Robin and Gail had that. Um, Gloria has had a passion for intercession. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to do it by myself. I'm just going to do it. I've just got this burden to pray by myself. 
but the kind of call that she's got on her heart, it can't help but draw other people into intercession. Yeah. Um, Alyssa McCann. Boy, I missed you this morning. <laughs> Alyssa McCann has had a dream of worship and creativity. And she, I don't know, some of you have been receiving her emails. She is an amazing woman. She's stepping into something else. Can I share? Oh, well then, no, I can't. So I'll let her share next week. But um, just an amazingly creative woman. She's written a few of the songs that we've actually done here at Abiding Place. Um, Charlie had a dream many, many years ago for helping the marriages in the city of Portland. Can you imagine crying out to the Lord, ah, there's got to be something we can do for all the marriages in the city of Portland. And God gave him a a vision and he began to cry out for it and he started a nonprofit called Marriage and Family Connections and began to, uh, how do I do this short, began to go to all the different churches and have them all sign a marriage agreement and this is what we'll provide for people that want to get married here. The, the premarital counseling, pretty much, yeah? But why not? Why not me? Why not me? Okay, so... I for sure don't want to leave out anybody that has a vision, especially now is something getting stirred up in your heart. Um, a reminder. So I, I, it's really important that anything that's being reminded in you that we don't pass this moment by. So I want to take just a couple of minutes with the Lord and I'm just going to kind of look pretty in the camera while you're all thinking and praying. I want you to write it down anything that the Lord reminds you of, okay? We're just going to take a couple of moments. Is that clear? Okay? Thank you, Lord. So I just preface this, Lord, by just saying, remind us, Holy Spirit, we need your guidance. Remind us of the things that you put in our heart. Forgive us if we've laid it down and forgotten about it. We want to be life bringers. We want to be your hands and your feet. We want to be the the words of life to our neighbors. So, Papa, just remind us of what those are. Anybody online, you can be doing this too. No, God's not done with us until we're in the grave. And then he's still not done with us. I had a friend named Steve Kenny, and I was, uh, especially at that time, I was getting so many prophetic dreams and I didn't know what to do with them. And so he said, well, what I do with my dreams is I take them and I put them in an envelope and I label the name of the dream and I put it on my door. Every time I go out the door, come in the door, I see that dream. And I keep asking the Lord, okay, God, what's the main point? And what's the application? So the, um, we're, we're in partnership with the Lord. 
So the dream and the vision and the hope and the burden, all those things that you have, you're not doing them by yourself. So uh, just continue to seek the Lord for the strategy. What's the first step? What can I do that's the first step? First step for us, for me, for seeing God's glory come is to go out of the building and start praying and walking. That's the first step. Do I see the next step for how are we going to get coffee houses and cafes? No, I don't see that step yet, but I'm not going to stop asking him. Yeah. So we're going to do something special. Oh, first, did anybody have something that was brought back to them? The Lord bring something back to your mind. Yes? Yeah, of course. Okay. Anybody want to share what it is really quick? I'm looking at Teresa because I know she has something. <laughs> and Linda has something. Yeah, why don't you just come up really quick? We'll get it for posterity. It will be recorded. I know. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's already the one that I know about. Linda, you can come too. Yes. Oh, that's a good question. How many, how many um, healings were there from the cancer blankets? Yeah. Okay. So you know what, Robin? I'm going to have you come up and share that too, okay? So that's a whole lot for me to share. I do want to say there's been 20 confirmed healings from the quilts. Yeah, that's incredible. Teresa, come on over here, hon. Got to make sure that you're in the camera. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and take off your mask so we can hear you. You can do it. You know me, I'm a crybaby, so uh, I lived on 138th off of Halsey, and every day drove by the women's shelter. Gosh, that was back in 2008. Yeah. Is and that the one on uh, 133rd? 132nd. Yeah. Uh, Shepherd's Door. Shepherd's Door. Yeah. And every day I was going back, and there's just a huge, huge burden. And the Lord's put me. Um, just give me this desire in my heart to serve there in practical ways, but also in spiritual ways, because he's given me gifts of administration that I can teach, but he's also given me the gifts of healing that I could administer to, so, or to minister to. Anyway, so that's been a desire in my heart for a very long, for a very long time, and I shared it with Lori, and I've, I have to work full time 
because I'm, you know, a sole income maker. And um, the Lord's been showing me that he's, even through my job, he's still, he's increasing my skill set. Mm. Because I was getting very discouraged, like, because mm. when will I ever be able to minister? Because, I mean, I, you're in training, is what he told me. You're in training. I've given you skills. I've given, you're going to, he's going to keep on, he's making this stirring, like mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. about um, how to minister to a younger generation. Yeah. And the Lord's put all these different younger generation kids in my household from my son Mm -hmm. that I've been able to minister to. And I was like, God, this is out of my league. And he just told me, sit and listen. Mm -hmm. Listen to their hearts. You know, these are transgender. These are um, people that are very confused with their identity, who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. So new territory for me. And he's keeps on these these people come into my household and I just goes I listen they go you know I have never had a person your age listen to my heart and how I feel without condemnate without them telling me I'm wrong and I'm in sin mm. and the Lord just told me to and he's done this several times throughout my life told me to be quiet and listen and do not speak till I tell you to oh. good yeah so he's given you the strategy for the first step. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Linda, are you okay coming up the stairs there? Okay. Make so sure you hold it real close. Okay. Um, during, uh, we, I've been in the Bible study on Tuesdays, and one of the, we prayed, and the Lord said, uh, you know, my calling is a teaching, which I am a teacher to people. In Korea, learning English, but they were using the Bible. And today I had the vision about people are are trapped in a corner, and the corner that they're trapped in is feeling God's love. And I saw a flower growing, and and the Lord wanting to help people. And I think this is for everybody that to know how much God loves you, and that He wants to bloom in your life. With, with the joy of the Lord mm-hmm. and and to not get sidetracked because I saw the you know mm-hmm. there's a straight and narrow way to go and we just keep wanting to go to the left or the right mm-hmm. and then we miss God's love yeah and uh and so God wants us to know how much he loves you and that's I good. pray that he'll use me yeah that's good yeah. yeah thank you okay careful going down the stairs Okay, Robin and Gail, go ahead and share what you wanted to share from back there. And we're going to need to be in front of the camera here, dear. Okay. And make sure you keep it close to whoever's speaking. Okay. (laughs) So um, the first blanket that we made, actually, uh, was for a lady that had stage 4 pancreatic cancer. And uh, the Lord just laid her on our hearts and so we created a blanket for her and brought it to her and we wrote in a little card Psalms 91 and that's what the Lord had given us for her and when she got the blanket she just cried she was that was her favorite scripture and everything so she's alive today they weren't expecting her to live six months but that was a couple years was that two years ago She's still alive, and she had a recent visit with the doctor, 
and she took the doctor into her bedroom and showed her the blanket that we made and she didn't realize we had the doctor didn't realize that we had made a blanket for her oh wow so anyway that was the first one and then after that we just started making blankets and giving them away and we had one gentleman that had uh, cancer and he had gone for surgery for lung cancer and they decided for whatever reason to do a final CAT scan or MRI or whatever they were doing on him before they did the surgery to make sure where the tumor was and they couldn't find the tumor. Wow. And so they took the IVs out of him and they sent him home. Wow. <laughs> he came back to the doctor just to tell what happened. And uh, the doctor's dad had cancer, and so we made a blanket for her dad. Wow. And her dad yeah. was not expected to live six months, and he also is still alive. Wow. So <laughs> bless you, God. Thank and you. And there was a girl that was in the hospital, and my patient called me because it was her next-door neighbor, that she was 18 she had got misdiagnosed at Providence, and she turned out to have something called vasculitis, so she began bleeding from her arteries and veins. And she had uh, blood clots all over in her lungs and all over in her body, and she had the, had two strokes? Yeah. Several strokes. Several strokes and had lost the uh, use of her one side of her body and they were not expecting her to live, and so we gave her a blanket, and she took it up, and they put it on her, and um, we prayed over the blanket before it went, and then uh, she started perking up and responding to medications, and then she, the, they got rid of the clots. The clots started responding to something they were doing, and she regained the use of her left leg, and then she regained most of the use of her left arm. She started talking again. Wow. She regained her vision. And she actually got to go home, and we got to go to her party <laughs> that she had as uh, because the vision that the Lord gave us was that she would be, she was a soccer player, mm. that she would be playing soccer again, and wow. that she would go to college. And um, she is alive and well today. And I can go on many more, yeah. but we've seen like 20 healings or That's more so from the blankets. Thank you. Thank you. For, yeah. And a few we haven't heard about. And a few that we haven't heard about was that last part. So um, that's just amazing, isn't it? So I feel like I'm kind of preaching to the choir this morning. I'm talking to us all about getting a vision and a dream and stepping out in, in obedience there's a, there's a faith, there's the obedience, and then there's a trust. If I step out of this boat, are you going to hold me up? Um, and so look like what Teresa is doing. There's no way I have an understanding of what this person is going through. And God says, okay, the strategy is just listen. Listen to their heart. Um, so I want to pray really quick. And have all of us pray, and then I'm going to have a group come forward, and we'll pray over them as well. So if you are willing, wanting, to continue to pursue the Lord for a vision and a dream, to continue to seek him for the strategy of the ones that he's given you, to say yes to additional burdens, 
please give me a burden, I want more. Um, why don't you stand to your feet? We're just going to kind of all pray together. I know there's more. Dana, I know there's more. Thank you. So you can just do a repeat after me if you want, or you can just do your own private prayer. But So, Father, we're gathered here right now. We desire to be your son and your daughter more and more. Yeah. And we also desire to be your hands and feet. We don't want that person that needs us to not have the word, to not have the prayer, to not have the opportunity that is theirs because we haven't stepped into the call. So Father, we are all asking, will you please stir up the passion? Will you please stir up the burden? Will you please give us the strategy? Will you remind us of the things that you've already shared with us and allow us to be your light and your love to a world that so desperately needs it. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, Gateway Healing Rooms has had a ministry for ever since Abiding Places started, pretty much. And Gateway Healing Rooms meets here every Monday night, except for holidays. They come here, they're a team here, there's several teams, people come from outside and they get prayer. Um, but I think it was Cheryl that had a vision for why don't we take a ministry out there? So why don't you as a team come up, please, the ones that are going out to the homeless and somebody's gonna share a testimony. Oh, we're gonna have to all go up on the stage actually. It's going to be almost half the church. <laughs> I'm going to move this out of the way. You guys are all going to have to get up here, or whoever's doing the testimony is going to have to get up here. Who's doing the testimony? It's Cheryl. Okay, Cheryl, you're going to have to keep it next to your mouth. Okay. So uh, we do homeless ministry, and it started as a group thing. Um, we were sitting in our in a small group, and just talking about um, what are the homeless's story. And we just had a passion. It was back in, back last winter when, um, if you remember rightly, the homeless camps, the garbage was piled high and there was no service in the city and um, there were rats everywhere and needles everywhere. And we were like, what is their story? What brings somebody to this place that stays there? So we... Um, decided to go as a group and just start ministering to them. And um, I, I know personally I told the Lord, I don't have anything to give them. And the Lord said, well, what do you have? And I said, I don't have anything. And he said, and then I went, well, I guess I have Subway sandwiches. And he goes, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so we started feeding them, and not just Subway. They make hot meals for them and fudge for them. And so we started going out every couple of a couple times a week and a couple times a month 
That's right. And um, just we our goal was to get to know them and obviously to <laughs> Isaiah 61, um, heal the brokenhearted, minister to the poor. But that, that was our goal. But we also knew we needed to get to know them before we before they would trust us. So we just started going out, listening to them, and giving them food. And we've had so many amazing testimonies of people getting touched. And um, and it's amazing how many times um, homeless people will let you pray for them mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're desperate. So yeah. there wasn't a hardness of heart because they knew they were, they, they know they're needy, you know. Yeah. So we've been doing that, praying for them and uh, ministering to them. We have stories of men weeping when they um when they were given a pair of shoes and the mama gail would say oh i want you just to know you're now part of a family you're not familyless anymore we're here for you and um robin bringing him hot food and she every time we get together she'll say now remember jesus told me that we're going out and he's going to go have lunch with us today mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's so good too yeah um, and then we have an, uh, and one, one more real quick thing is we all, another one, Gail always tells us, remember, you have to at least hug one person today. Make sure that you hug them. So amidst us going out and handing out food and blankets and toilet paper and band-aids and, oh, all the, you just couldn't believe the stuff the Lord has poured out to give to them. Yeah. Um, we're wanting to love them and pray for them as well. Yeah. So that's a vision that we kind of just had in December as a group. We kind of had it. And um, I think it was Robin that said, well, let's do it. <laughs> so we did it. That's so good. So, and I just want to tell you right now, thank you to all the people who have donated blankets and money and food for us to be able to do this because it is a community effort. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I'm just going to get right up here. So I do want to say really quick that uh, I keep trying to talk into both mics and I don't need to do that. Um, I want to say really quick that this team has had five, six falls, injuries. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, five or six falls or injuries. Mm -hmm. Tripping injuries since they started in December. And so we want to make sure that we are covering them in prayer, that we're sending them out. Uh, They are a ministry of abiding place. So, I mean, they've got insurance and all that stuff that they would have otherwise, but that's just in the physical realm. In the spiritual realm, we want to set them apart. We want to pray for them. If you have a prophetic word for them while we're praying for them, then um, I invite you up to speak it into the microphone, and then we'll end the service. And I need my husband to come down too. So... Oh, there it is. Yeah, let me double, yeah, it's on. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that we had two miracles this last week just in our own group, um, and they were both for Robin. Robin had oh, yeah. um, had a health issue that was really serious, and um, we've been praying for it, and God came through. Is it okay if I share your numbers? Okay, she went from um, A1C of 13.8, which is pretty serious if you don't know that, and she's down to an 8 in two months. And Oh, it was in one month. One I month. thought it was two months. Okay, in one so month, good. and that yeah. is unheard of. I mean, her doctor repented to her um, for doubting and being prideful about the fact that God couldn't do that. And the second thing is she fell just this last week on her face, on her kitchen floor, and was sure that she was going to have all kinds of bruising and, and um, a lot of pain. And um, 
We all started praying. Gail went over and laid hands on her. She didn't have a single bruise. Wow. So God is good. God is good. Okay, Charlie, will you come up and help us pray, please? I know. I know I didn't prepare you. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Father. You know, uh, while we were waiting for a word from the Lord, mine was very quick. Just recently he said, and he brought back to my mind, he's going to help me come into a season of having intimacy in activity. Mm -hmm. So when God speaks a word, you don't just sit, you pray and then you obey and you step out. But don't step out and go, now I'm going to make this happen in my own strength. You always need that sense of intimacy, of his presence resting on you as you're stepping out in faith, as you all have, as everyone who's ever stepped out. Don't feel like you have to leave the Lord's presence to accomplish the vision. You remain in his presence so he can bless every step. So, Father, we thank you for Gateway Healing Rooms. We thank you for this ministry to the homeless. And I think many of us have been afraid to step out of the the walls of the church. We didn't know how people... In the neighborhood, people in a homeless camp would react, but in reality, when we look in someone's eyes, we see a human being, and we begin to see them from your perspective, and the walls come down, compassion arises, and I just thank you for the courage and the faith, but even more, the inspiration that everyone on this stage has been to others, as they've seen you move in mighty ways, healing cancer, Um, meeting practical needs, homeless people feeling cared for. Jesus, we are your hands and your feet, and so we just pray a protection over this team as they continue to step out in faith, as they pray and obey. And Lord, I especially release for them, as I'm asking you to release in my life, how as they continue to serve faithfully, they're going to find greater intimacy with you in all the activity that they do for you, Lord. They're going to grow in their faith. They're going to grow in an understanding of how much you love the person right in front of them. So we just thank you, Father, oh, for the example of obedience and the, of not doing complicated, sophisticated things, just practical love, demonstrating your kingdom to those who need it. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. I, um, I have this one. Actually, I'm going to touch each of your feet. I actually had a picture that I want to pray over your feet. So I'm going to touch your feet and pray. I actually saw, uh, I've, I've never seen shoes like this. So you, your normal shoes, and then you've got a pointed metal implement on the very, a pointed metal like tooth coming right out of the front of your shoe. And it's to kick out of the way whatever it is that keeps trying to trip you up. So this is spiritually and physically. Oh, uh, I just want to share a testimony, too, that um, I was talking to my teacher at school. I work in a fifth grade classroom. And, of course, you guys know we can't talk about God at school. But I was sharing with him. He asked me what I'd done over the weekend, and I shared that we'd gone out and fed the homeless. And he was really interested in what we did, and so I was able to go and um, take pictures while we were ministering to the homeless, and I made a slideshow and showed it to the kids in that class, and I was able to share what our God is doing in my school, and that's very unheard of. So cool. I'm going to put this right down really quick. So, Father, I just... uh, that picture that you showed me right now, I'm just going to pray over every foot. And I'm praying for the 
the protection of that implement of not just protection but also of warfare that as we step forward into the things that you have for them that they're going to kick out of the way and spear any obstacle that's trying to trip them up and keep them from being able to move forward. So I anoint these feet in the name of Jesus with that warfare implement, that, that metal tooth. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't want to trip either. Not while I'm praying over tripping. <laughs> so anoint the feet in Jesus' name. Anoint their feet. Yep, implement of metal. Okay, good. Oh, that's about all I can do. <laughs> okay. So does anybody else have something they want to share, a prophetic word you have for them? Yes, Deidre? Come on forward, dear. You'll have to come up on stage. Here, let's move this out of the way. Talk to this side. Thank you. Thank you. Come on up one more time. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, I just saw fire sweeping over you. Did I turn it on? Well, no. I turned it off. Oh. Did it die? No, okay, there we go. Okay, I'm going to cry. <laughs> cry again. <laughs> I just saw fire sweeping over you. And it was coming out of you with your heart of passion for these people. And it was melting. It was literally moving into them and melting that um, hardness around their heart. Thank you. And so, Lord, we just thank yeah. you that it is a group that loves people well. Okay. I thank you that this is a group that sacrifices all for others, Lord. I thank you that you are sweeping over them and that you are coming upon them and through them, Lord, for this um, group of people that you have them ministering to, Lord. We ask that you would bring more. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are breaking things off of each of every one of these people, Lord, that they are ministering to and that they are raising up a new army that will yeah, go out and minister and it will go on and on and we just thank you lord for all that you're doing in and around and through them yes, in jesus you. name yeah, thank you that's good so i just want to want to say at the very end here um so th these are people that really don't have a map of what they're supposed to do they just had a go and they had the first step um, if you have a similar passion in your heart and you're looking for something like this, you could talk to any of these people and um, they'll pray about it and, you know, see if you can be a part. Thank you very much. Yep, yep, yep. So, Father, we thank you so much for this morning and the things that you've reminded us of. We have to rely on you, Father. We can't do any of it without you. The vision comes from you. The passion comes from you. The burden comes from you. The way to move forward comes from you. So we just thank you so much for the things that you're doing in us. And we're so honored, Father, that you would desire for us to walk in Jesus, in your calling on this, this world. And so we ask you for your blessing. And we say we'll take it in Jesus' name. Amen.